In this web of life, I am a connector, a unifier, a person who holds things together. In this web of life, I'm on a very small strand, off in one corner of the grand design. But it's easy to be happy there, helping strengthen the strands, the lives of others, around me. That alone is a life purpose worth embracing. Hello, and happy Pride Month. You're tuned in to KCSB-FM 91.9 in Santa Barbara. I'm Daniel Lucias, and welcome back to our limited series exploring the history and lived experiences of Santa Barbara's LGBTQ community, Pride of Place Santa Barbara. For the entirety of Pride Month, new episodes will air every Thursday on KCSB-FM 91.9 at 5 p.m., and will be released on our streaming platforms later Thursday evening, wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on this series and for episodes that have already aired, visit kcsb.org forward slash pride dash of dash place. That's kcsb.org forward slash pride dash of dash place. Stay tuned for episode three, Singing Out. It's been said before, the true beauty of music is that it connects people. Throughout this episode, you will hear from voices comprising the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus and its team. Phil Conrad, the president of the board of directors of the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. I also uh, sing uh, tenor two, and I've been the rehearsal accompanist. I'm also a professor at uh, uh, UC Santa Barbara, a teaching professor of computer science. AJ Rawls, um, professionally people know me as Andrew here in the community. Um, I am a tenor one with the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. I am also uh, one of the members of the board of the chorus. Nicola Martin, and I am the artistic director of the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. I am also the Sorensen director of choral music at UCSB. Um, This is my last full season with the Gay Men's Chorus, we think. Um, And I'm leaving UCSB to take over the director of choirs at Central Washington University. With music and community at the heart of their mission, I spoke with the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus on the heels of their second concert, Tomorrow's Songs for a Better Future. But before we peered into the future, we needed to understand the past. Nicola Martin begins by telling the origin story of the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. I have for many years conducted male choruses, tenor bass choruses, and I feel like that's very much in my wheelhouse. When I moved to Santa Barbara in 2020, UCSB did not have a tenor bass chorus, and I knew I was going to start one, um, but we didn't yet have one in existence. And of the terms of my first year, I was teaching a choral techniques class, and I was going around my Zoom room asking my students, what's your experience in choir? And one of the students, Sammy Al-Saloom, said, well, I used to sing in a gay men's chorus here in Santa Barbara. And I said, does this exist anymore? And he said, no, it doesn't. And I said, Sammy, Can you put me in touch with the former members? I'd like to get this going again because I feel like this is something that's needed in our community and I think I have the expertise to help it create a good foundation. So I got an email from Sammy um, and on that email, a few other members of the former chorus, which was named Fratelli. um, So those were uh, Michael Burrell-Shaw and my husband, Bob Neider. Uh, so the, the, the four of us, Sammy, Michael, uh, Bob, and myself, we met with uh, Nicole over Zoom, 
this was still in the kind of the height of the COVID era uh, when we didn't have vaccines yet. Mm -hmm. All the classes at UCSB at that point were still completely online. Uh, so we met over Zoom and I, I asked Nicole some questions and uh, some hard questions, I thought. You know, Although interest to form a new chorus was present, example, piecing together a community-based chorus has its difficulties. Phil explains. One of the difficulties with any kind of um, community-based chorus is the, 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 the kind of the um, dichotomy between process and product. If you're a professional uh, uh, music making ensemble, let's say like the, the LA Philharmonic, uh, then th the product is really supreme, right? Uh, it's, it's most important to have just a perfect musical product at the highest level. In a community group, you want to produce the best music you can, but it's also important that the process be one that really is very inclusive, where everyone is having fun, right? Because they're not getting paid to sing. They come to sing for the joy of singing. And so there is a tension between these two goals, making it fun and inclusive and producing the highest quality music. And the best skillful directors of community ensembles are ones that, that really balance those two, that are always challenging the singers to perform at the highest level, but not at the expense of making it a positive, joyful experience. Despite difficulty, the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus was determined, motivated by community, inclusivity, and history. My philosophy as mm -hmm. a music maker and a music leader is that we create community by doing things together. Mm -hmm. And in a choir, it's my utmost goal to allow an inclusive environment to grow, yes. to honor each person's contribution. And yeah, we do music and we'll do a concert at the end, but mm -hmm. um, how do we create the value in each person and how do we honor that value through yeah. this medium called music? I taught for 12 years at the University yeah. of Wyoming, and that, of course, is where Matthew Shepard was murdered. And um, I had amazing opportunity to create memorial events surrounding the 10th anniversary and 20th anniversary of his murder. And I learned so much about the LGBTQ communi community and really wanted to, in any way that I could, and yeah. to help give voice to that community. And I figured that one of the ways that I can help give voice is through music. And so I wanted to do that wherever I went. With growing interest from former members and the prospects of the fluctuating pandemic allowing for in-person practices, Phil set out to find community members interested in joining. As the vaccines rolled out and uh, the pandemic began to ease, we began to think that it was possible that we could have an in-person season for, uh, for fall 21. Um, so we, we set a date for our first rehearsal and then we had our first performance on December 13th, if I remember correctly, of, of 2021. You'd mentioned that some of the previous members from the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus uh, had joined this new uh, crop of people. Where did we find everyone else? I'm curious. We did use our network of, of people who had been part of the, um, the previous chorus. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just encouraged everyone who was a part of the chorus to reach out to their social network, to ask mm -hmm. their friends, 
um, to uh, send it out to email lists that they were a part of. So there, there are various uh, Facebook groups for gay men in Santa mm-hmm. Barbara. We made sure we were posting there. There are other, let's just use the euphemism, social media apps. Uh, <laughs> and I made sure that uh, the, 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 that profiles there mentioned, hey, ask me about this chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, so got, got quite a few, uh, you know, quite a few uh, mm-hmm. responses that way. Um, so it, we just spread the word in every possible way. With the date set, uh, and, uh, the newfound yeah. Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus started laying the groundwork for their first concert. We just tried to establish our routine of mm-hmm. meeting together from seven to nine on Monday nights at the First United mm-hmm. Methodist Church, who was so welcoming to us and um, really supported the mission of what we were doing. To create the foundation of a group, to create the ideals and the mission and values of this group while preparing for our first concert was a little um, nerve wracking, but we did yeah. it. And I was really pleased with what we were able to bring. And yeah. at that point, we were still singing in masks during rehearsal. And of course, we performed in masks during rehearsal. And um, as a side note, um, I feel that when we can't see each other's faces, we we don't understand the totality of the human that's in front of us. And so when we were able to unmask in the spring, that's when we started to connect with each other in some really deep and meaningful ways. We're so grateful to the First United Methodist Church in Santa Barbara, who has really been a leader in terms of supporting the, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, they've really been just so welcoming uh, in terms of providing rehearsal space and a performance space. The Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus's winter concert attracted community members from all across the county, bringing visibility to their hard work and planting the seed for future members of the chorus. I will be totally honest, and I've told Nicole and I've told Phil this, I was very judgy. I was apprehensive <laughs> that this this little tiny chorus of non-audition singers would live up to the expectation that I had or that I would want to join a chorus. Mm-hmm. And so I remember seeing on... Again, I don't uh, somewhere during uh, the fall that this course was rehearsing and that I was very excited to come see their show came in with very low expectations like, oh, this is cute. It's going to be a bunch of like campy gay men singing Christmas songs or whatever. I was astounded Mm. at the musicality and the professionalism that I saw on the stage in December. And I was there with a couple of friends. I used to sing an acapella in, at UCSB when I was an undergrad. And one of my friends um, was there with me that night. And we both looked at each other and said, we absolutely have to join this chorus as <laughs> soon as we can. With new interest in the chorus, the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus's post-concert momentum faced an obstacle, the Omicron variant, pushing back rehearsals for their spring concert series. A lot of us I knew um, were at the December show, and that show inspired us to to come to the, the the first rehearsal. And unfortunately, because of COVID and the Omicron variants, that first rehearsal kept getting kept getting pushed down the road, mm-hmm. and we actually lost out. I think on like three or four weeks of rehearsal time. Uh, we were we were planning on starting beginning of January, and I don't think we ended up in, uh, starting till the end of January, maybe even February. Yeah, February fourteenth. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was wow. Valentine's Day. Um, so we lost like four to six weeks potentially uh, because of Omicron, um, but it didn't deter the new members. As we were waiting for rehearsals to start, I thought, well, okay, we'll we'll just take it as it comes. And one of the things I love about this chorus is that we welcome members who maybe have never sung before mm-hmm. in a choir, have never read music, have never been in a musical ensemble. 
And so we've got those members who are taking that very scary step into choir for the first time, which I think is awesome. Uh, but their needs are a little different than those people who have sung for many years in a chorus. Yes. So as the director, I have to teach to all of the levels and make sure everybody is on the same page and yes. in the same boat rowing together towards the same island. And I love that. Um, going into a concert is always interesting because the the dynamic of the group will either get very scared, like, oh my gosh, the concert's in two weeks, or they'll buckle down and do it. And what I've noticed in my many years of conducting tenor bass choruses is that it's always frantic at the end, always. But for some reason, unbeknownst to me, the concert is always awesome. <laughs> so I don't know how that happens, whether the fear of God comes into them or <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I think there was a little bit of apprehension, mm -hmm. especially because of the lost rehearsal time. But uh, I think I was confident in my heart that we would perform confidently and more importantly, perform with a deep message of communication. Nicole really helps us sing well, uh, sing musically well with the musical virtues, sort of the choral virtues of, you know, cutting off together and coming in together and, and, and you know, getting louder together and softer together and expressing the music, all of those technical musical things. But at the end of the day, what she really emphasizes and what I think really connects with the audience is the message of the music, the deep meaning of the music and that connection with an audience. Obstacles aside, the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus persisted with the intention of connecting with audiences in person during their spring concert. Tomorrow's songs for a better future. Nicole explains the careful planning that encompassed the event, a planning and intentionality that is at the heart of the chorus. One of the things I love the most about crafting a choral program is looking deeply into the texts of each piece and seeing how they connect to each other and with each other and what kind of themes emerge from those pieces of music. Mm -hmm. And as I was looking at all of the pieces for this season, um, it just became clear that we are in a time in this world where if we think of a brighter tomorrow, that might bring hope to ourselves and to others. And so then I started thinking about time and how we use time in the present, in the past, and in the future, what choices we make at each point during that journey, and how we can demonstrate that in our musicking to hopefully give people joyous choice yeah. to always choose to support one another and be kind to one another and build that brighter future for all of us. Time is a concept that allows us to speak in terms of what is, what used to be, and what has yet to be. I'm starting to see less and less distinction between and among generations, and more and more, I see the humanity that unites us all. As I prepare to leave the heydays of my youth behind me forever, I am beginning to acknowledge my transience. And this, while at first terrifying, is slowly allowing me to live each moment for the sake of living.
I, I want to talk about, you know, that message in relation to identity. One of the things that personally I found so beautiful was the fact that these songs of time and an understanding oneself and understanding oneself in relationship to others and community resonated with me as a queer man, as a queer person. And I found it so beautiful that these songs are being sung by a group of gay or queer men to a room full of people in a church, which in for a lot of people in our own experiences can be places of, of violence and, and rejection. I'd love to start this conversation. Um, one of the things that I've always loved about being part of the, the gay choral associations and in, in the gay chorus is that there's just this, this shared commonality of the people on stage. And when I say shared commonality, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is gay because we had straight people singing with us on the stage. Um, it, we're not just a gay chorus, but we understand that there's things that connect us as people. Um, and as a predominantly self-identifying gay chorus, um, it, it helps because we all have come out. We've all had that experience. We've all sort of bonded without ever talking about it because it is just something that fundamental as a gay man, you do, you come out and, and you have to prepare yourself for your friends and your family and the people that you love most to completely reject you. And I'm very fortunate that that didn't happen to me. But I know plenty of people that it did, and but I, I was ready for it. Um, and I think that, that that sense of almost shared history in our own back, backgrounds helps bond a chorus um, like this more than it would a, a straight-identifying chorus. Um, and I think that also lends a different perspective when an audience is listening to the music that the chorus is singing. Even without intention, there is more meaning behind songs sung by a gay chorus. And, and sometimes it takes a while for those those people, or for, for, for people to realize what the, the intention of the song is, because I sang Lori a million times before actually performing it on the concert night. I was able to contextualize it in our own struggle for, for independence and for self-governance and for bodily autonomy and for LGBT rights. There have been over 200 bills this year uh, introduced in states trying to limit trans and gay rights allowing us to sing these songs even again without that going through your mind consciously on a subconscious level makes it all the more powerful for us yeah. as an as a course with a mission for inclusivity and and positivity for our community one of the um discussions that we had in the early founding stages of the of the chorus um various uh uh choruses that have been part of the lgbtq choral movement uh, have made different choices about their names. So mm -hmm. in the, the, the some of the first choruses in the movement, the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, mm -hmm. the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, put Gay Men's Chorus right in the name. Others made a different choice. For example, in Dallas, the, the main chorus is the Turtle Creek Chorale. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows it's a gay chorus, but no one, then it's not in the name. The Seattle Men's Chorus, everyone knows it's a gay chorus, but gay is not in the name. And we kind of had a choice about that. The, the prior uh, tenor bass chorus that was um, gay affiliated uh, didn't have gay in the name. Mm. And we made the choice to call it the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus to um, align ourselves with that tradition yeah. of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, the Gay Men's Chorus of DC, the Gay Men's Chorus of LA. And I had misgivings. I thought, I wonder, 
I wonder in a, in an era where people's identity is a bit more fluid, where mm -hmm. categories like gay and bi and straight and queer and are, are sort of a bit more in flux where gender identity, uh, the idea of being a man versus being non-binary or trans, I wondered if maybe we were making a mistake by doing that. Um, we uh, tried to contextualize that by saying, look, we are open to anyone who supports yeah. the LGBT community and sings tenor, baritone, or bass. You don't yeah. have to be gay. You don't have to identify as a man. Um, you're welcome. But I still had some misgivings. And then as the legislation came out, the don't gay say gay legislation, the anti-trans legislation, I thought, no, we need this. We need to make a statement yeah. as gay men, um, which is not to exclude other identities, but this is our identity. And um, we need to say that this is something that you, you can say, Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus, and we want to normalize that and yeah. say no we're not gonna we're not gonna roll back the clock to when yeah. that was something shameful or 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 controversial um, yeah. um so that's i think that's a part of why it's important for a group like this to exist and to yeah. hold up yeah. that identity as valid we are always welcoming new members always welcoming new donors if anyone has any questions on how to be a part of the chorus or contribute to the financial success of the chorus they can visit our website. Again, that's sbgmc.org. Um, they can reach out to anyone on the board. They can contact us via our Instagram, which is at Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. Um, we're always happy to engage with the community in any way. Um, and we want to reiterate that you don't have to be a gay man to be in this chorus. As long as you can sing in that tenor bass, bass um, vocal part, um, the chorus is open to anyone. In the weeks following the event, the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus carves its path forward. The Gay Men's Chorus has been a bright light during my time here. And I've only been here for two years, but mm. I feel, you know, philosophically, esoterically, that I, I came to Santa Barbara for a reason. Mm. And I might not have known what the reason is, but to help build the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus, I now see was one of the reasons I was supposed to be here. Yeah. And it's so deeply rooted in my joy of music making over the last two years. Um, and I will miss it very, very deeply. Well, one of the really important things is that we, um, we were founded um, with Nicole. We were a brand new group and had no fundraising experience and no fundraising base. Uh, did the first season um, uh, at no charge. Mm -hmm. And uh, the second season, we are paying her, but we're paying her a tiny fraction of what we should be paying her. <laughs> so I think whether it's Nicole or someone else, um, we want to begin to um, be able to compensate our director and yeah. our professional, uh, the professional musicians that, that work with us in a way that's commensurate with their um, with their with their preparation and their training and their their commitment to their craft yeah. so that means fundraising is yeah. really going to be a big part of our kind of our next year so we're happy to take anyone's money <laughs> um, <laughs> we, they can donate through our website um, we have a link on there um, so they can visit sbgmc.org um, and they can they can contribute directly um, they can always come to our concerts to support us that way um, we will be ho hosting events throughout the year um, that will be fundraisers. The 
will be applying for county arts grants. Santa Barbara, we're very fortunate to be in a town that supports arts the way that Santa Barbara does. Really, I think jumpstart our, our abilities to, to find the right person and compensate them well so we can keep the level of musicianship. So I'm really excited about the future. I fully intend to see the Santa Barbara Gaiman's course on the marquee at the Granada Theater. Um, I, I want us to move into these amazing venues that we can take advantage of here in town. Um, we're good enough and we just need to get more people to know about yeah. us. Um, so I have very high hopes and very high expectations for what this course will accomplish in the future. As we're wrapping up here, this series will be airing during Pride Month, pushing to the forefront the representation that exists in Santa Barbara for LGBTQ plus people. Pride is a, such a special time. I'm curious to know personally, what does pride mean at this point in your life? I mean, there was a time when I would say pride just means being out and proud. And and, mm -hmm. and there are times when pride to me meant saying what I think needs to be said, no matter who you're saying it to. Um, and I think for me, it, at this point in time, given where I am personally and um, where the world is, it's a combination of both. Um, it's It's making sure you feel confident and comfortable being who you are, no matter who that person is. Um, and and saying the the hard truths to the people that need to hear them. Yeah. Um, the fact that we're still having these conversations like the ones that are going on in the Florida State Legislature about the Don't Say Gay bill blows my mind that it's 2022 and that's still happening. Um, I mean, gay marriage has been legal. I remember singing in the steps of the Supreme Court the day the decision was announced. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been legal for, for years now. Um, yet there are still people trying to fight to get that taken away from us. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, Pride right now in on, on June 1st, 2022, means keeping people accountable um, and, and keeping myself accountable to be my most authentic version of who I am. Um, and it's through the, the, the organizations like GMCW and like the other nonprofits we have in town like the Pacific Pride Foundation and queer-owned businesses like the one that I own or Crush Cakes and Crush Bar or the allied businesses that that support the, the queer community like Anderson's Bakery and Ace Rivington and Wildcat and all of these people. Um, it makes me confident that we are moving in the right direction. And yeah. uh, I, I'm going to paraphrase Dr. King, but the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. And that sustains me. And the work that we do in this chorus, I think, helps keep that arc bending towards justice. Thank you for listening to episode three of our limited series, Pride of Place Santa Barbara, Singing Out. Episode four will air next Thursday, same time, same place at 5 p.m. on KCSB-FM 91.9. For more information on this series and for archived episodes, visit kcsb.org slash pride-of-place. For more information on the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus, visit sbgmc.com or find the chorus on Instagram at Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus. Our theme music for this series is Constant Disco and Groovy by Diala. An additional music heard was brought to you by the Santa Barbara Gay Men's Chorus from their spring concert, Tomorrow's Songs for a Better Future. A special thanks to the voices featured on this episode, Phil Conrad, Nicola Martin, and Andrew Rawls. And the biggest thanks to you for listening. We appreciate your feedback and have been overjoyed hearing your kind words. I'm Daniel Wasias, and you have been listening to Pride of Place Santa Barbara right here on KCSB-FM 91.9. Take care. 
and take pride.